Good morning, diners and travelers. I call, I call Anne off guard, turning the recorder on. Good, no, good morning, no. listeners all over the world. We're no, no shame in changing it up, Robert. No, my life has changed. Right? right. And it's really funny. According to our swim club, the Edgewood Club here in Pittsburgh, summer ends on Labor Day. According, according to uh, Al Roker's calendar, summer ends on the 21st of September. I always think the uh, autumnal equinox is on the 22nd of September. But regardless, we're today's program is a tribute to the summer just gone. We have tears in our eyes, don't we? Yes, I, I love summer. I'm a summer person. So, so I was what do, so born what do, in the summer, and I think that after you come out, you expect the, the weather to be always like that. And you and you expect also to have ice cream anytime you want it. Exactly. So, so and that's, that's what we're going to do today. <laughs> yeah, we're, how about that? We we have been eating ice cream, and there's no need to stop because it gets a little chill in the air. And we've been eating, which is really important, really, really, really fine ice cream. Uh, we're going to start out by interviewing a company which we were introduced to called High Road Craft Ice Cream, um, which is a wonder unto itself. Yes, indeed it is. And because Peter has been gobbling up. Yeah, you as, actually have. As fast as, 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 as he could. We were, we were even more delighted when we discovered that they bought Chow Pella Gelato. Which is another favorite Which is our favorite gelato. So it's it's... Been kind of, it's kind of, kind of a thing that I almost don't want to broadcast it because it should be a secret. But of course it's not. We bring these secrets to you all the time. So here's a representative of High Road Ice Cream. Nikki Schroeder, I think that you have the temperament, the uh, sort of the scintillating temperament of a, a successful company such as High Road craft ice cream it suits you um, and and you know and I wanted to mention outside that you were a, a perfectly aligned with your husband in combining his chefing experience with your artist experience and give us your version of how this company called high road craft ice cream got off the ground sure um uh, back in 2008, my husband uh, left a culinary career um, about 20 years, went back to school to get his MBA, and uh, well, actually, he didn't leave. He kept, kept, kept being a chef, so while he was going to school full-time, he was working full-time as well, and um, he was going to Kennesaw State University here in Georgia, and um, at the end of the MBA program, you have to come up with a business plan, and uh, he came up with a business plan of... Um, ice cream being made by chefs for chefs. Um, as a chef, he struggled with finding really high-quality ice cream. And with the, you know, back in 2008, the the um, economy was kind of in the toilet. So oh, sure. What kind yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah, so, and so he realized, you know, he was getting the squeeze on. Um, you know, he didn't have a pastry chef. But, you know, one day he had one, the next day he didn't have a pastry chef. And and realized that there was still room to make a really high-quality product, um, even though you might not have the, the staff to, to, to take care of it anymore. Now you have, you know, you could still offer that really beautiful, high-quality product to your guests. And so he came up with this idea um, for High Road in, as, a, as a business um, in, at business school. And I've got a, a background in design. And um, so he figured what, what a perfect way to have a, have a business is have a, you know, the husband kind of coming up with the culinary uh, ideas and then the wife working on the design and the branding and the sales and marketing of the of the company. So well, we started in 2010 and started knocking on the doors of uh, really fantastic restaurants here in Georgia. And uh, basically, we were knocking on the doors. We were making the ice cream. We were delivering the ice cream. We were working <laughs> the books. We, we did a little bit of everything. And uh, it was really exciting and fun to, to start the business then. Now, um, the, there are distinctive qualities and characteristics of your ice cream that, that sets it apart. Um, first of all, uh, even the, every single thing that's featured in your ice cream is done in-house, which you do not get all the time. <laughs> yeah. Talk about labor-intensive, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> true. Well, well let, let's do this. We, 
you were kind enough to send us some. We just consumed the first. Was, is the Aztec chocolate? Oh yes, I oh. love glad. I don't think I got any Aztec. Chocolate. Well, that's because I ate it all. <laughs> it, it seems like it seems like a very good example of of what you had in mind to create because of the ingredients that are in there. Yes, I mean, if you guys had, t- yeah, I'm so glad you started with the Aztec chocolate because that is one of the main, um, like that flavor. If that, if we could say a flavor would say High Road, um, and the reason why we even exist is probably that Aztec chocolate because it it honors culture and ingredients so beautifully. We we uh, what we did was we created a, kind of like a Mexican drinking chocolate. We took roasted habaneros, jalapenos, sugar them, blend them into the chocolate mix, and then we add in candied almonds and cinnamon. And so it's a really, really beautiful flavor that pays homage to uh, the Mexican drinking uh, chocolate. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and so it's, I'm so glad you guys like that flavor because that's one of my favorites, and I feel like it takes you it takes you somewhere really special. Montezuma, Montezuma would be proud, yes. right? <laughs> He would be very proud of you. No, you do um, all this in-house by yourself. I mean, how many chefs do you have working? I mean, oh, that's a great question. We 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 have almost we probably have almost eighty employees now. Um, some are on the production floor. Some are chefs. We probably have a staff of five chefs that we have working, leading the product uh, development team, leading uh, operations to make sure that what we create is actually produced on a, on a level that when you have to actually fill the pints with the machines, that it's being filled to the, to the same degree of, of care that we take in creating the flavor on the small batch machines. Because um, when you have to scale it, sometimes you, um, you could lose some certain nuances or care. And so we make sure that our chefs are in it every step of the way. So, um, but we've got about 80 people on staff that, that, um, that help run, run our ice cream company. And yeah, you, and there's you, a lot of hands. Hands. I mean, these wop, um, wallops. Um, the, the cookie dough gets wrapped individually by hand. No, actually, we have a machine. We have a special machine that that actually does the, the that uh, crafts the wallop. So it's got ice cream on you know in one side and cookie dough in the other, and the machine combines them. And um, so it actually does. We don't have to do that by hand. But when we were coming up with the idea. We did have to come up with it by hand and actually take like little scoops of ice cream and wrap them in cookie dough and then freeze them and then put them in, you know, and roll them in chocolate by hand. So the first wallops are really, really wonky looking because it, <laughs> it was all done by hand and they, they were a mess. I'll, I'll be honest, they were definitely a mess. And I think um, our operation team really wanted to kill me uh, most days when, when I kept pre- pressing for the, these, this product because they were like, how are you going to do this? How are, and I, I just... Um, I believed in it so much. I believed it's such a fun snack that I'm like, this has to exist. We, we can't, we can't have this idea and not and not bringing it bring it into the world. So um, we were able to find the find a machine that it could actually do the do the work of the uh, of uh, putting the combining the two with ice cream and the, and the cookie together in a way that that works really well. And then we have an enrobing uh, chocolate enrober machine here, yeah, and wow. we just. Put a, put them all under the enrober. I can just I can just imagine you're going you're going to see the small business administration seeking a loan to buy a wallop machine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we did have to go through that. I did have to go to our investors. We have a we have a bank that we work with for our um, for the capital expenditure that you need for for um, for machines, and I had to walk them through like the idea, and it was so funny because. These guys happen to really, really love food too, and they're like, "This is insane! Of course, we'll fund this machine. <laughs> this sounds amazing." So they 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 were actually more excited than the folks here. At That's funny. <laughs> now you, now you, so, somewhere along the way, a few things happened. One, one of the things that happened was you got into a business partnership with a with a little company called Whole Foods. Yes. <laughs> t- t- tell us how that came about and what what it means. Sure, sure. Um, we're, because we're in the south, um, we we um, have this. Uh, Whole Foods has got a really, really great 
team of people that goes out and supports local makers. And they, they are so, you know, that's part of their ethos is to help promote um, handcrafted brands throughout throughout the United States. But in the South, they really, really have a beautiful yeah, see, some, way of... Some people have been writing about that the, the um, Bezos and the, the, the new ownership is has been cutting back the uh, local handcrafted uh, um, pr- purchasing. Yes, and, we, and we've actually gone through that, but now I find that they're going back again. So we did we did have about maybe a year of of Whole Foods figuring themselves out um, under that the, under the new leadership, where I think they came to a realization that people really really love the fact that. Whole Foods embraces local and regional. Oh, so uh, it's turned issues. around again. Mm-hmm. It ha- for for us, we definitely are seeing that they're they're leaning in on um, the local folks again, and 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 you know they're having things like symposiums where they're gathering uh, local makers together and helping them through the process of bringing new items onto the shelves, um, helping them with pricing, helping them with broker relations. So oh, they're definitely they're definitely helping the local. Cause you know, when you're when you're a maker, you don't know about anything uh, with retail. You like, you just don't know, and mm-hmm. it's a whole learning curve. It's pretty steep, and so so as that happens, um, Whole Foods helped us tremendously when when we first started out. They said we'd love to have your ice cream on our shelves, and um, at the time it was you know 2010, and we didn't even know what that meant. We were like. Uh, we're making big pans and tubs for hotels and restaurants. We don't even know how to get ice cream into a pint right now because that's <laughs> not the business that you know that we created. And they they said, well, we have a local producer loan program. Um, we'll loan you the money to get a pint machine so that you can be our south, you know, our southern um, ice cream. So we said that sounds fantastic because we we didn't know you know about retail and we didn't know any better really. <laughs> so we uh, we bought the ice cream machine and. Um, and that was our, our foray into retail. But Whole Foods got behind us and said, we love how you're making everything from scratch. We feel like the ethos of your company matters to people. People want to know where their food comes from. And we love that you know, everything's handcrafted here. And um, so that's when we started. That was our, you know, our foray into retail was via Whole Foods. And the process was, I mean, I want to say it was it was pretty pretty easy because the people, we everybody jived. You know, we, we mm-hmm. got to know Everybody at their at their regional corporate level, um, and they got to know us, and they really the relationship was really symbiotic and, and beautiful. So, um, you know, fast forward, we did we've done a lot of work with Whole Foods. We we uh, worked on an exclusive ice cream called Boulevard Tasty Ice Cream that was uh, launched nationwide. Um, we worked on the development and um, and actually the production of that product as well, and then. Um, this year, we, we launched um, in, in Whole Foods Midwest, where they decided they wanted, for consistency purposes and the guest experience, they wanted to have their gelato bar turned into almost like a nostalgic ice cream parlor, where you had ice cream sandwiches, you had um, scoop scoop ice cream, and then you had uh, the wallops. So um, Amy Donati is their bakery person, and she uh, found us at a trade show and said, hey, can you guys do this for me? I've got you know 31 stores that need a revamp. And worked with us on, you know, flavor development, product development. How many flavors do you have? As far as um, that we make on a regular basis? Yes. Oh, yeah. We make over probably over 230 flavors for for chefs. And then at the retail level, we've probably got under the high road banner, there's probably 16 flavors that we make in pints. But then we also have... um, our Chabella brand that, that we, we, yeah, make which the, we know very well. I mean, we went around with a freezer full of that stuff for ages. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I mean, it was really good gelato. Yeah, now tell, tell us about that one. When you, you weren't a very big company, I guess, I guess they were, they always looked like a very big company, but they must have not been such a really big company because you could acquire them. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Uh, no, we're, we're still pinching ourselves. <laughs> They, um, you know, because they started, you know, in 83, I believe, is when the company started. And and actually, strangely enough, when when Keith was developing his business plan, um, part of the business plan was looking at Chabella because that was a a brand that we loved um, and we really respected. And uh, it it started out as a food service brand, the same same as High Road. 
And what we saw was a decline in the food service um, aspect of that of Chabella. They got out of that business and went heavy into retail. And then as time went on, I think um, I think the brand lost its way a little bit, and um, and, and it got a little bit. Um, it, I guess it just kind of lost its way. And so when when it came time to and and, and as food makers, you get to know each other um, throughout the you know, throughout the many categories that we're in. So we did become friends with the CEO of South Ellen, and we knew that um, it was time for some changes to take place. So we were able to then um, to bring Chabella under the High Road brand uh, portfolio um, with with care because we knew we wanted to bring it back to what we thought was, you know, the the beauty of it back in the '80s. So so it was it was able you know we were able to really do something that felt really right to us because we that was a brand that we really loved and honored and we wanted to make sure that that we brought it back to its um its heyday and that's kind of what we're focusing on now is how, we brought all the production in-house we've got all you know the, all the non-gmo vegan certifications on the sorbettos um it was a pretty quick turnaround because we acquired them in october and you're right. We're not a big company, so it, we're definitely a crafty company. <laughs> so we were able we were able to make that happen, and um, we have a design team in house. So we were able to create all the packaging, do all of the certifications. We have an R and D team and a safety team, and all of that here in house as well. So we were able to do all of that within about two months. So it was great because we were able to kind of not disrupt the flow of the distribution that was currently out. You know, I, I have. Uh a question that um, you probably can answer is uh, why is it all of a sudden uh, everybody seems to be, I mean, I know lots of chefs leave the chefing restaurant business and start ice cream companies. What is this? And they're, they're all more experimental. And I remember telling Peter years ago that I just wish that ice cream See, I don't have much of a sweet tooth. Would come in the flavors I like, like um, eggplant parmesan. <laughs> and sure, you turn around and here, here are these. We had one the company send us, um, what was it, turkey and stuffing ice cream, <laughs> which, which was not, which was not very good. No, it was not very good. <laughs> But why is there such a focus on ice creams now, and why are they all so experimental? Do you know that place in San Francisco? They're wild. Humphrey Slocum. Hum- Humphrey Slocum. Yeah. Yep. You yep. don't know them? Oh, you I'm should- sorry? Humphrey Slocum. Yes, I'm familiar with Humphrey yeah, Slocum. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, so but that's, that's a wild operation. <laughs> So well, what is I, what's behind all of this? I think that's a great question. I think um, I, I think ice cream is a great vehicle for flavors. I think it's a great way to um, honor some flavors, maybe not all flavors. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I was I, just reading about wasabi ice cream. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's funny because. Um, it, it, we see that there's a lot of people that, that uh, as as time has gone on, even at High Road, that they want new, different, innovative. Um, there's an experiential co- uh, consumer that we find that really likes what we do, and especially the more different things that we do, mm-hmm. they like even more. Um, we tend not to do like the turkey and stuffing, or <laughs> I think I think because you have a batch machine doesn't mean you should put everything into it and, exactly. and you know and just you know shake it up and, and see what comes out. I think there's definitely. Um, especially for what we're doing, um, it's that honoring that, that cultural part. So if you, you know, when you had our Aztec chocolate, there's definitely a spice level to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're drinking Mexican chocolate in Oaxaca, Mexico, there's going to be spice in that too. So right. we try to parallel it with, with real culture and a real journey that we've taken so that it doesn't feel inauthentic. Because the last thing we want to do is be inauthentic about the ice cream that we're making. But I do think that there's, because you can make ice cream on a small level, like, you know, a 12-liter batch, you could put turkey and stuffing in it and see what happens. Or you can put, <laughs> you know, and be really exper- experimental as a chef and, and come up with some really neat things. And the fact of the matter is, like, some people are just diehard ice cream fans. They'll eat it because it's cold and it's sugar, you know, and, and it's it's a, and it's a way. It's, it's, it's a vehicle for creativity. 
um, I think on a large scale, once you get beyond, you know, a small batch making, you know, right now we're, we're like a le- SQF level three facility. So, we, you know, we can't do that kind of, you know, bacon or turkey or anything like that in our facility um, because, you know, we just can't have meat in with the, you know, because we're, we're a, um, a level three SQF uh, facility. So you, you kind of have to have to figure out what you will do and what you won't be able to do. Uh, but I think chefs, um, they can make a small investment in an ice cream um, machine and, and really be super creative with it. And that's really fun. I mean, it, it is, it's um it's kind of their opportunity to have fun with a dessert if they're if they're able to be creative and I mean that's how Keith my husband started was just with a tabletop ice cream machine where he could be as creative as he wanted to be and um and, and that's kind of where a lot of our our actual flavors came about was just him going yeah if I was to take um uh you know Aztec chocolate and create it into you know into an ice cream what would that look like if I was to take um a sorbet, say we, we used to do a mango chili lime, um, and people would go, mangoes and chili, that sounds crazy. I'm like, well, not if you're in Mexico, it doesn't. If you're on the street and you're walking down the street and you have a mango, um, a, a squeeze a lime on top, and then the chili powder on top, that's that's what they eat on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not really outlandish. It becomes something of like you're honoring the culture. And then when somebody from Mexico eats it, they go, oh, my gosh, that takes me back home. And that's that's more exciting to me than you know, like a turkey and stuffing ice cream. <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a feeling that you and your husband are going to conquer the world. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. Uh, Nikki, that. you're good, and, and it's since, been a pleasure talking to you yes, and, senor, and senor, discovering your ice cream, Senor Senor Talento, who repu- oh, yeah. reputedly invented ice cream and gelato for the Queen of France, would be proud of you. <laughs> oh, that's very, that's very kind. Thank you I so much. That. Thank you so much for for being on the program today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. Yeah, thank you, Nikki. And guess what we'll be covering when we come back from the break? Podcasting services for On the Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station. www.aspstation.net. Welcome back. Um, we are still fixated on ice cream, one of my most favorite things in the world. And an, another great brand that we want to call your attention to is Grater's Ice Cream. Uh, I mean, these people have been making ice cream since 1870, and they still handcraft it in two and a half gallons at a time. No, 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 and then they ship it all over the country. All over the country, and it's super good. Quite a logistical challenge, and we're having a logistical challenge of eating it as fast as our little mouths will let us. So here's a representative of Greater's Ice Cream, which makes some fabulous colors. Matthew Howell. Good old, good old Matthew Howell, and they've and their, and their favorite flavor of all time is black raspberry with chocolate chips. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> Matthew Howell is going to be talking to us, listeners, about Grater's ice cream. And Peter was just joking that before we got on the phone to, to talk about it, we took some healthy um, pools at, <laughs> at the s'mores particularly, and I couldn't even believe it. It was uh, great chunks of, of chocolate and marshmallow. And, and this is this is where we sing, "Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Listen, you have a, it's a family-owned operation and has been, uh, and an interesting and colorful history. Why don't you start this discussion by just telling us uh, your story, the greater story? Yeah. Well, um, my name is Matthew Howell, like you said, and I am a district manager um, for them um, over some of our outer market stores. But um, I've actually been with them for 17 years, so it's kind of like a family for me as well. But, um, yeah, they have actually been doing ice cream since 1870, so this marks 149 years for us. Um, But it has been... um, family owned since the beginning we've never uh had any other owners for us or anything like that so 
they basically started in um, the late 1800s. Uh, Lewis Grader, Charles Lewis Grader, I believe his first name was Charles, um, that he um, made ice cream there in Cincinnati locally, which we, where we started, and uh, would sell it at the local street markets. You know, of course, at that time, you know, you had to use ice to chill everything. We didn't have electricity to run around and be able to mass produce it like we do, so they started making it in small batches and just selling it what they would do, make that day would sell, that's what they would sell, and start over all over again the next day. Um, he had married um, uh, Regina, which is, uh, she was a local businessman's uh, daughter, but she kind of became, to me, it's one of the fascinating stories for me about graders is that um, when Lewis passed away in the early 1900s from a streetcar accident, she actually ran graders and open locations and uh, took care of all that as a, you know, a woman at that time yeah, in the Depression usual, and going yeah. into the 1930s, you know. That, that, um, would, have been, that would have been unreal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just a deal was very unheard of at the time, and she basically ran everything at that time. Well, they they kind of look like brother and sister, and they look both of them look very stern and determined. Yeah, that, that's that's I think that's the German in them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they were, and it actually with her that that it, that's a fitting picture because uh, her kids and her grandkids didn't call her mom or grandma; they called her the boss. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we used to have something on our menu as a smoothie as tribute to her that was called the boss based on our most popular ice cream, but that was, you know, that was what they called her. They called her the boss. It wasn't mom or grandma. <laughs> well, she, she looks the part, that's for sure. Um, yes. So, uh, anyhow, the, um, uh, you were still headquartered in, around Cincinnati? Yes, yeah, actually all of our um, um, administrative, like the, the three gentlemen that own it, um, uh, their all last name is Graders. Like I said, they're two brothers and a cousin. Um, all that is run out of Cincinnati. Um, all of our production, all of our ice cream is made in one location, too. We don't make it in any of our locations separately just for to make sure it is, you know, while we only make ice cream at two and a half gallons at a time, kind of the old way, um, the sanitation and stuff like that we use at our facility is actually top-notch. We have the highest um, qualification for that, and where most places will pass it maybe 70 80% to get that, we actually pass it at 97%. That's good because um, I mean, they, 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 uh, some of the largest companies have been put out of business with Listeria, the largest ice oh. cream companies. What's the one in Texas that was so big? And I don't know. The Gen- Jenny's had Jenny's, two Jenny's bouts is, of it. Yeah, which, which I mean, yeah. Jenny's had some issues with it. Um, yeah, we we just never have, and they've kind of. That's the one thing we've uh, done the opposite way. We've done ice cream where we're still doing it the old-fashioned way for the most part. The sanitation, we're like, you know, they, when we open our new factory that does produce all of our ice cream in 2010 or 2011, um, they actually were, you know, they, they won dairy, dairy production facility of the year or something like that, and it's, but they're top of the line on sanitation. So, um, you know, they've even stopped, they used to do tours at the factory, but to keep that from preventing that, anything from getting into the store, they've actually, uh, into the facility, they've actually stopped doing that so that they can make sure that everything is exactly the way it should be. Now, now this this must be quite a logistic operation, because you have the the one producing place in Cincinnati, which is not exactly in the middle of the United States, but it's not far from it. Yeah. And and, and you ship from there to scoop shops and grocery stores that carry your product all across the country. Yeah, yeah. We actually have um, we have about fifty five stores right now of our own across the Midwest, anywhere from Chicago to Pittsburgh. Um, between there, anywhere in between there, but then they also are pretty nationwide in um, grocery stores as well. So um, I know that they, you know, they pack nearly twenty thousand pints a day. Yeah, how um, do you do this? I, the thing that doesn't add up to me is you've become such a big operation, and yet you still adhere to this. Um, tell us what this French pot process is, and how do you manage to to make this in two and a half gallon batches? Yeah. Um, How? I mean, it's yeah, like I said, the French pot process is what they everybody used to make. So if you think of kind of um, when you make ice cream at home, you've got that stainless steel bowl that spins around in the, the yeah, salt, you right. know, rock salt mixture. Mm-hmm. That's basically how we do it, just a little bit bigger than you would do it at home. It um, it is a you know stainless steel pot. Um, there's a brine mixture around it. They chill down to 14 below zero, um, and then it spins around and just makes the ice cream at two and a half gallons at a time. So the way that we do it, if we're going to make more ice cream as we've gotten larger. It's not a matter of making bigger batches. At the same time, it's actually adding more machines so they actually have more machines that, that, and more people there making ice cream. And what That's are the advantages of that process? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, where most other companies, they can get anywhere from you know 20 to 50% um, air by volume in the ice cream. Um, ours is usually 5% or less. 
So you're actually getting more ice cream in that pint that you buy in the grocery store. You're getting more ice cream. If you pick up one of our pints in another company, you will actually feel that it weighs heavier because there's less air in it. Yeah, they look as though they're hand-packed, to tell you the truth. They're not quite even when you take the lid off. Yeah, actually, they, they we are hand-packed, all of ours, um, because our ice cream, when we make it, because there's not much air in it, it actually is too thick to run through a machine to pack pints. So we actually have people that will pack, they pack hand-packed, like I said, nearly 20,000 pints at the factory every single day. Um, okay. You know, so that, that's actually, it's kind of impressive. There's some um, videos on uh, online, you can actually look them up, where it's a guy packing, I think he does like 15 pints in one minute. Um, really? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 uh, the arms on, on those guys are pretty impressive. <laughs> so, the, so the packing is done, actually done in Cincinnati? Yes, yeah, they pack it all up there. Um, they do have some automated systems that will lid it and um, do, you know, the, the shrink wrap around it to make sure that the quality oh, yeah, is good, yeah, um, all getting, that kind of stuff. But getting all the, into this thing is the first challenge, actually. <laughs> yeah. With that yeah. wrap around it. But I guess exactly. It's, it's and then they, they ship it there. And a lot of the places, like, you know, um, they, they have other companies that will carry it, you know, on their trucks to go for some of our stores nationwide that we do, you know, like Fresh Market, Whole Foods. Um, some of the, a lot of the Kroger brands and all, you know, all the ones they own, Giant Eagle here in Pittsburgh locally, um, all those kind of things. We, they, that's how they, they just ship them out that way, but it's all done very small batch to start with. Now, um, most ice cream companies, um, of any size, especially the boutique ones, are going for really out of this realm flavors. I mean, you know, we used to think bubble gum was the funny one, but I mean, there are even stranger ones now. Yours, oh, yeah, definitely. But what about yours? What I mean, are you sticking to traditional flavors for the most part? Yeah, for the most part, we do. We don't really do anything that's going to be um, very outside of the normal box. They may do stuff that's not as common, but um, you know, we typically stick to stick to you know, a black raspberry chip is our most popular ice cream. But we have you know, cookie dough, mint chocolate chip peanut butter, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we do do bonus flavors in the summer. It's one thing we do for National Ice Cream Month, and then we go through, like, all the way through August, where we'll, we'll do some that I, it's kind of experimental for us, but it's still really pretty common. For example, we've had, um, we did a chocolate um, malted pretzel um, that we did first, and then we've had, we have a pina colada one right now, which is, like I said, it's, it's a little bit different, but it's still, you know, basically you got some pineapple and you got some flavoring to it. Um, so we don't really do anything that's going to be too experimental, as I call them. Uh huh. Now, um, what is this about National Ice Cream Day and Month? Uh, did we miss that? I guess we did. Um, we're, you're still in it a little bit. It is, it is July. It's National Ice Cream Month every year. Um, I believe Ronald Reagan started that in the 1980s, and he um, designated July as National Ice Cream Month. And then the third Sunday, which would have been last Sunday, the 21st um, of the month, is um, National Ice Cream Day. We always do, at all of our scoop shops, we do um, how many every year old we are. Uh, we do a single scoop uh, cone for that price. So this year it was $1.49 for a single scoop compared to normally really? in shops it's $3.95. Uh-huh. Yeah, but we also do, um, like I said, the bonus flavors. It's just something we get a new flavor every two to three weeks and try it. We have another one coming up August 5th. That's kind of tied in with that as well. What's that going to be? Um, that one I am not sure yet. They kind of like spring it on us as we do it, so they kind of announce it. Yeah, they, um, won't, they won't tell him either. Because <laughs> if they told him, he Yeah, no, they, they kind of like let us know just beforehand as we're getting our shipment, so it's kind of a surprise for us. It's fun for us to do as well. Um, <laughs> they, they, they knew you would tell us if they knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they try to keep it as much as like, they, they try to create some buzz around it for people to come in and try something different every, you know, two to three weeks. It's something we may not normally have. Um, and it's it's a fairly limited edition, so they what they do is they'll send it to the stores, and whatever you get, you kind of get. That's what you want. You run through it. You're out of it for that. Now, um, you, uh, we ought to um, spell graders so that people going on your website will be able to, we'll to be know. Able to, first, we'll be able to find it. Yeah, exactly. G- um, yeah, it's a German name, but it's going to be, um, if you want to do online, it's going to be G R A E. T-E-R-S dot com. Right. And you can actually find us on all the social media that way, too. It's just going to be at graders. 
yeah. um, for all of our different social media as well. And, and what you're going to do if you go on that website, you get the story, you get um, the locations of all the scoop shops, you get all the different flavors yeah. available, and also other places, other retail places where you can buy the product. Exactly, yeah. You're going to be able to find, find out, see our general history that they talk about with graders. There's a page that shows all of our different flavors, and including like the different seasonals we have throughout the year. So if you have family coming in, say, in November, you want to see what we're going to have, you can see what seasonal flavors we'll have coming up. There's a link there that you can actually put. It's, I think it says where to find us. You can put your zip code in and see every single store that they have pints in anywhere in the country. So you could actually go and check it out. But it also has options for we do shipping as well. They ship over 300,000 pints a year from our online store. So you can actually have it shipped directly to you oh, that's as it. well. That's good. Now here, yeah. here, here's, the, here's the test, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Who, who invented ice cream? I think that's been around since the Roman era, if I'm right, <laughs> in <laughs> no. some form or another. But um, um, it's been quite a long time. I'd have to look that one up. I'm not sure who invented ice cream. <laughs> it was it was actually created for the Queen of France. Oh, was it? Okay. By, I thought it was by, a little earlier than that. By an Italian who was her chef. Okay. Yeah, well, actually, and they, 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 they it has been around longer they, than that. That's in the 1600s. Okay. Yeah, but it's, I mean, they used to I mean, have flavored ice in Roman Oh, times. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the real the real ice cream and gelato were, into, were created by the same guy. Wow. He wish he, but he wishes he had royalties on that now. <laughs> <laughs> or, or his family, at least. <laughs> he, he, he kept his head on while he was in the court of France. <laughs> I think that, that in and of itself was quite an achievement. Exactly. You know, I, I think I get this feeling about this company that it must be a nice place to work. And um, and the other thing I noted about noticed about graders is that you get involved with all kinds of, of uh, community activities and you donate ice cream. I know personally you donate ice cream to a um, an annual fundraiser for the Presley Ridge Schools. Um, exactly. Yeah, and and so that you you are active. You have an active arm. Do you have like a a special office of um, if anybody wants to get in touch with any community activities? Yeah, actually, we have a link at the bottom of our web page. If you look up, if you do graders dot com, at the bottom will say philanthropy. Okay. You can actually link that. It'll show a lot of the different things we do do. But also, if anybody would be interested in uh, reaching out to graders about that. There is actually a form you can fill out and send directly over to them. Um, we do get a lot of requests like that, even for small, you know, little maybe church events or that kind of thing, you know, just it's going to be a small fundraiser. So they like to be involved in their community as much as possible. Um, like I said, you said the Presley Ridge event is one of our big ones here in the Pittsburgh area. Um, but we also do yearly um, throughout all of our scoop shops, we do, uh, it's called Cones for the Cure as well. Uh-huh. which benefits um, the Cure Starts Now Foundation, which is based in Cincinnati as well, but it uh, focuses on pediatric brain cancer oh, uh, research. Good. And we, you know, that organization is really good. It's a, I think their overhead last year was, if I'm right, it's less than 3%, but I know it was at least less than 5 uh-huh. And um, all of the money goes to uh, research grants to um, try and find a cure for cancer. Um, and I believe we're... Upwards of five hundred thousand dollars over the last several years that we've actually collected for them and donated for them as well. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah and I, I think it's a good company and and, and it, it's good ice cream. It's, it's, <laughs> oh yeah, it's the best. It's Bottom line, it's really good ice cream. Yeah, it's yeah. Time for us to break away and taste another another variety. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I've worked for them for seventeen years, so that's just me. I started when I was twenty-five, so. Yeah. Um, and I've been with them since, and I know since, and I know there's a lot of people that do, um, do stay with us for a long time. We also have a lot, you know, it's a great first job for teenagers coming out because you know it's, who doesn't like ice cream? That's why I always tell the team members that it's fun to come into work. You have ice cream, you're allowed to eat it while you're here. Oh, are you? <laughs> you know, and plus you're getting people are happy when they're coming into the store looking for you know ice cream. They're celebrating something, or they're coming to make their day better. So, you know, this is one of the best. Um, jobs you can have. And then on top of that, like you said, Chip Grader, you know, which is one of the brothers that runs the company, runs our retail. If he comes in and he's met you, he's pretty much going to remember you next time you come in, even though they have like 50-some stores. That's so it is actually a really great thing well, to have that, you know, the family, you know, feel for that. Here's how we should finish up. It's not a great story. It's a greater story. Yeah, it's a greater story. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. were saving that one, I know. <laughs> I was, I, I, I've, been, I've been sitting on that one since... <laughs> 
<laughs> Since I started with the ice cream, what flavor are we going to have next? I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to go check it out. <laughs> yeah, by August 5th, that's the new bonus flavor. <laughs> okay. Don't Tell me what it is again. What's that? What is the bonus flavor? It's a bonus flavor. That's going to be one of those ones that they kind of reveal at that time. So, okay. But I'm sure even okay. if you come in, if you're not sure about that one, you can find something you like. It's not pina colada. Yeah, no, that was the one we currently have. We had, we got two weeks ago, so the, or, uh, the fifth will be the new one. Um, so we do have the pina colada in the store, um, in our stores as well right now. Um, but we'll have a brand new one that will come out um, on August 5th. So, Matthew, thank you so much for sharing. You've been a delight, Matthew Howell. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. I'm sure you're worried about what Peter's going to do to allay his sweet tooth during all the seasons of the year when, when we can't get ice cream all the time. But fortunately, an old friend came along with a, with a new line of jam preserves, call it what you like, that I keep in the refrigerator and eat with a spoon right out of the jar. And it's called Empressa is the line. And who's the lady who does it for Well, us? we're talking to, uh, again, one of our favorite uh, individuals in the um, um, in specialty food business is uh, Nancy Wexelbaum and she's um, she started with the gourmet, the gracious gourmet a while back and we've been devoted to it ever since um, with her unusual condiment mixes but uh, she now has this new Impressa line which is just as um, arresting in the, the quality of flavors that she releases yeah you ate, I, I never, I don't think I got to taste the balsamic fig jam, nor the, I, I did chase, I think, I think taste the chili some. mango lime jam. I think we still have some. The apple and rose is pretty good too. In fact, it's, it's, it's all great stuff. Yeah, Nancy Wuckle. And I'm, I'm so glad we still have a short, small supply left, although I'm, I'm consuming it pretty quick. So here's... Nancy Wexelbaum. Our next guest makes jam that is so wonderful, Peter just eats it out of the jar. <laughs> Nancy, welcome to the program, and, and thank you for another life-giving supply of jam from Gracious Gourmet. Thank you. We, we first met Nancy Wexelbaum when? Wexelbaum. Wexelbaum when? When did we meet? We met, oh my gosh, in two thousand. Nine, when I did the dill carrot tomato tapenade. Oh, right. That was great. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, the product has been good from the outset, and uh, you predictably just grew and grew and grew as a company, right? Well, I've tried. <laughs> um, for those who are just new to us talking with you, um, how did you start this company? And why? Well, I've always loved to cook. My husband always said she had food running through her veins, not blood. And um, I was one night making dinner for a very old lady in her late, late 90s who, and I made a chutney to go with some steak, and she thought it was so delicious. She said to me, this is so great. Why don't you start a business? And I decided, you know, this, that sounded like a great idea. I was sort of taking a rest from my career in retailing in Manhattan where I worked with my husband. And I started, um, I, um, so this is terrific. The next day I sat down and came up with six products. I had no idea what I was doing. But I, as I say, love to cook, love good food, and love business. And I put together the products and closed my eyes, you know, crossed my fingers and said, go for it. And that's basically how I started. Well, you have so many, many products that 
perennial favorites of ours, actually. <laughs> but I was really blown away by your new line, which is called Impressa by the Gracious Gourmet. Tell us about Impressa. Okay. Well, let me tell you about the name, first of all, and then I will tell you about <laughs> the products. Right. Um, the name, my husband very sadly died last year. Mm. And Impressa was, <laughs> sorry for sort of getting teary-eyed, he came up with that name oh, years dear. ago when, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. He came mm. up with the, product, with the name years ago. Impressa in Spanish means business. But oh, really? it sounds impressive. It does. When you don't speak Spanish and you're talking about, you know, something in English. And we came up with that name. And then I, for a company, I used to run years ago. And I'm sorry, I get teary-eyed with this. A company I ran years ago. And I always loved the name. And I decided to honor his memory and call this company, this new brand, Impressa by the Gracious Gourmet. I see. It's, I wanted to come up with a lower-priced line of jams and jellies, which could accompany cheese, and um, this is what I named it. And I decided, you know, this would be a more popularly-priced line that could be sold by some of the larger supermarket chains, and it would be sold to accompany cheese. It also accompanies breakfast breads. It, accompany, it accompanies a spoon. Pardon me? <laughs> I said it accompanies a spoon. <laughs> That's true. Serveware also. <laughs> who, who, who needs the bread and the crackers and all that Thank you very much. So that's rubbish. basically how I came up with the name. And this is, you know, I decided I wanted to have... If you could look at the Gracious Gourmet as the couture line and the Impressive by the Gracious Gourmet, I call it the ready-to-wear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there's no way that you would figure that this was a, 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 a less expensive line. It's all top-notch. Well, thank you. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let's run through some of the, the, just the names of what's in them. Is enough for people to get the idea about how creative and, and delicious they are. Peter's favorite, he thinks, is the, cherry, the one with apple and cherries. Apple sweet cherry juice. Oh yeah, I, I, I ate those first. <laughs> well, well, thank you. They, That's made with Michigan cherries and right. apples from New York State. And, and the, the next one down the chute is the blueberry. blueberry with thyme and lemon. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's that's almost done. <laughs> oh, thank you. That is um, that's made with blueberries from the state of Maine and um, lemon and you know a little thyme. I thought the thyme balanced the lemon nicely. I, yes, it's a surprising touch to it as well. Oh, thank you. To put time in with now the, now the fig balsamic. Oh no, I love that too. Is, is the best of all the line to go with cheese. Yeah, it goes with cheese. It also goes very well with different proteins. It goes well with meat. Um, for instance, um, if you have duck or chicken oh, or yeah. pork or veal, it goes um, you know well with. Um, I mean, even some of it you could use it in place of it um, as a chutney to go with a red meat. Um, for oh, instance, sure, yeah, yeah, I'm sure the, you could. Um, I think the apple sweet cherry would be delicious with a steak. You know, I think that that would be delicious with lamb, too. I was I think, thinking lamb, yes. Yeah, what, what, and I think what, what the, um, the, list of it? the pepper jelly would be good with, I mean, it, the old favorite is spooning it over cream cheese. Oh, but yeah. I think it could, if you want something really unusual, I think it could be good with vanilla ice cream. Yeah, well, I've, I've used these with ice cream since I don't bake. They're perfect for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you, your other one is chili mango lime, and yes. that's wonderful, too. Thank you. 
Yeah. Those are made, there's two levels of heat in those products, the spicy pepper jelly and the chili mango lime is, um, there's Aleppo peppers, mm-hmm. which are a sort of a, it's a Syrian pepper, it's a mild heat, and so you get a little bit of that mild heat, and it works up to jalapenos, which are a um, more intense heat. Well, and you're saying there, you're saying there are different there are jars which have different peppers in them. Did I understand you correctly? There, are, there are different formulations in different jars. Every um, jar is a different recipe. Yeah, she's not talking about the different peppers. In oh, okay. So, so the the one we have, the, the pepper that we have, does it have the Aleppo pepper or the pepper or the both. Both. Oh, both, both is what she's selling. Okay, that's. that's <laughs> I, I'm I'm easily confused. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I said I'm easily confused. Yeah, but Nancy, um, you, your other line is a separate line now, the Gracious Gourmet line. It's a, it's a it's a different brand. They're both under the umbrella of the Gracious Gourmet, but um, the Gracious Gourmet products are more complex. They have a larger for the most part, variety of ingredients, or um, they are, um, you know, it's a different, it's a different line, it's a different focus. Right, and you have a lot of savories in there. Yeah, there's a lot of savory in that line. There is, um, you know, it's they're just different. Uh, tell tell our listeners what some of these are. The Gracious Gourmet has tapenades. Um, they have, um, you know, artichoke products. There's um, black olive. There's mushroom, eggplant. Yes. Um, there's one with a ratatouille that is a little bit of peppers and eggplant. Yeah, I love that. And tomatoes. Me yeah. too. Yeah. And well, I love them all. They're all my stepchildren. <laughs> and um, we have a new roasted red pepper artichoke product, which we launched last year. Yeah. We also have in the Gracious Gourmet line something that I've um, worked very hard to get it correct. It's a farmhouse tomato jam. Yes, that's beautiful. And that has tomatoes and brown sugar and raisins and garlic and ginger and some spices. And that has a really wonderful umami flavor, which goes with so many different things. And there are lots of tomato jams on the market, but yours is very special. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. I I agree. (laughs) Now, now let's, let's... We haven't gotten to the really good part yet, which is which is where people go to get some. Well, um, you can. There's a lot of stores on um, the website where you can buy them. You can also buy them directly from our web store. Depending on what, most of the stores we sell to are the specialty gourmet retail stores. The Impressa line. As I say, we just launched at the end of June, so I'm just doing a lot of placement with it now, and I'm talking to a number of vendors to try to get um, placement, um, larger vendors and independent stores now to um, get placement. We're probably with the Impressa line in about 50 stores. The Gracious Gourmet line, we're probably in about 400 stores. And you can go to our website and see the stores. You can call us for a local retailer, or you can buy through our website. And there's online vendors as well. Amazon sells our products, and a number of other online vendors do too. We also have a very strong social media presence, and um, that um, the Facebook and Instagram um, show the customers. Um, how some of our retailers are using focusing the line too. Well, that's, that's a, the social media has its good and its bad, but I do notice the difference if we don't engage social media, for, even in terms of audience numbers. Yeah, um, social media is where it's happening these days. 
Right. But, but there are some people whose social media access should be taken away. <laughs> see, if you, see if you can guess who that might be. Well, mm. I, um, you know, it's a brave new world out there now. It certainly is. Um, Nancy, every time I talk to you, I ask you what's next. So I might as well ask you it again. What's next? Because there always is something next. <laughs> what's next? I don't know what's next. I, um, I'm so busy launching this Impressa line. This has been a tremendous um, endeavor for me because... Um, you know, it, create, it was creating a whole new brand. Yes. And, I mean, what's next is looking at different markets for the products. Mm-hmm. See, we're selling now retail, but we also are doing a lot of private label. I mean, I feel very proud that some major retailers are so excited about what we do that they've asked me to develop products for them or they've taken some of my existing products and said, let's tweak them and um, make them under our own brand. Um, so we also have some pr- companies that are private li- um, co-branding with us. Okay. Um, I'm proud to tell you that I've developed three products for Target oh. that are co-branded, and Target felt that my name was strong enough to... Um, couple with their name on the label and we're selling three products to them that are specially made and they are sold in their superstores. So I thought that was quite, um, I was happy about that. I also um, am doing a lot of business now in food service. We have a lot of chefs and prepared food areas in supermarkets who want to use our products because they're so easy to pair with so many things. So, I mean, you could take, you know, as an example, a caterer. I'm going to give you a really, I'll give you a southern example. (laughs) You can take those little phyllo cups, put cream cheese (laughs) in each one, and take our delicious new spicy red pepper jelly and put it on top of the cream cheese in the phyllo cup. And then the caterer doesn't have to worry about, you know, making something up herself. Right. That's the natural. Very good. Exactly. Nancy, it's so wonderful talking to you and knowing that you're doing well. Um, I'm I'm really sorry about losing your husband because that must be really horrible. You know, we all worry about that, don't we? So, and, no. and for you to have your work has to be pretty good, too, though. I'm sorry, Anne? You have your work, which is, I mean, it's, it's you have a lot of work. The work has <laughs> been, the, you know, having this company has been the best antidepressant for me. Thank you. That I can assure you. Dear Nancy, <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, and well, thank you, Anne. Thank you, touch. Peter. I wish you both a very lovely rest of your summer, and thanks so much for promoting the Gracious Gourmet. We love it. It's a product we can get behind with no qualms whatsoever. Just okay, well, terrific. We'll talk soon, and I appreciate it. Have a lovely weekend. You too, Nancy. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye-bye. Okay, listeners, our, our sweet tooth has been unveiled for all of you. We'll be, we will be freshing it again when ice cream time comes around again next year. And in the, in the meantime... In the meantime, we'll eat chocolate. We're going to eat jam. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we hope you'll join us again same time, same place next week when we'll have something spicy or something sweet or something something that you'll be very interested in, as always. So come back and see us next Sunday morning. And until then... Bye-bye. <laughs>